Welcome to Bougie Black Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Montoya McGowan, licensed clinical social worker. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope that you like, share, and subscribe. And if we say something um, or there's some information that you resonate with, we would love to see your comments. And I will try to respond to them as soon as I can. Um, one of the reasons why I uh, felt the need to start this podcast is because <clears throat> in the uh, community of psychotherapy, only about 5% of therapists nationwide are therapists of color. And therapy is becoming um, something that people want to invest in, but it's kind of challenging to find somebody that they can relate to as it relates to black therapists. And so um, one time I was listening to a podcast and um, there was two white therapists and they were reviewing people's websites. And one girl uh, was a, a black girl, a black therapist, and they were looking at her website and they said that um, she didn't have any pictures of herself on her page. And they asked her why. And she said that she thought that if she put pictures of herself on her page, that people wouldn't come and see her because, you know, going to somebody of color wasn't something that she thought was um, like, it was, it was almost kind of like she wanted to get them in first and then mm -hmm. hook them. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm black. But hearing them talk about it out loud, it made sense because they said you need to have your picture everywhere on your website, on social media, have it everywhere because um, people are of color want to see a black therapist. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes they do. And they said that even though we're allies, it's just still a lot of things that we can't relate to. We rather have somebody that um, is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Somebody that can serve them. Mm. And so my guest today is one of my friends, therapist friends that I met on Instagram. Was it through Instagram? Was it through Facebook? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I saw you somewhere and said, let me in. I don't remember which one it is. Yay. <laughs> Yay. And we have been like, um, I think our, our vibes uh, complement each other very well. And um, it's been really nice to get to know you. Really you know? nice to get to know you. So introduce yourself. Uh, I am Dr. Narisha Futrell, a licensed clinical social worker, uh, licensed in the state of Tennessee, Arkansas, and Texas now. Whoop, whoop. One more state I'm looking for. They just slow. Okay. And I ain't going to say it out loud. Um, but, yeah, so that's me. Uh, I am the owner, director, everything for Gihan Counseling Solutions, which is my private practice based here out of Memphis. Um, I'm a mommy of two, a 19-year-old son, and a, oh gosh, she's 15 now, 15-year-old daughter, and a wife for the second time. Betrayal times two. Betrayal two times. <laughs> so, yeah, that's me. Yay. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for agreeing to come. Um, 
Where did Gihon come from? So uh, Gihon came from, uh, well, when I was starting to practice, uh, the young lady and who I was going to partner with, her name is Shakira, we were sitting down trying to come up with names. We were like, okay, do we want to use our names? Everybody was doing it. And I was like, mm-hmm, let's try to think of something different. And she actually came back and she had a list of these names, and Gihon was one of the things on the list. So we talked about that. Um, for her, it was extremely impactful because Gihon is supposed to be the body of water from which the other bodies of water um, originated through uh, the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. Um, But the literal sense for Gihon means to burst forth. And I thought just this huge double meaning is awesome. So that's what we went with. I like it. I like it. Why did that resonate with you? Well, because I felt like, you know, to have something that has a dual representation for people who are very strongly attached to uh, their spiritual well-being, not just religion, but just spirituality. But this is the origin. You are the origin. And we are going to help you navigate what comes from the origin, from where you are. Yes. And, of course, sometimes that looks like bursting forth. So you don't need to be timid. It's going to it's gonna be big. It's going to be heavy. And then it's going to flow the way it needs to. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's it right there. Yeah. yeah. Do you get chills when you realize that one of your clients or even somebody that you love and care about is, like, living in that burst? Yes. I get, I'm a natural cheerleader. I've been a cheerleader my entire life. Like, mm. Little bitty, the neighborhood cheerleader with the neighborhood football and the high school and even some through college. So I'm like, when they come in and they talking about, oh, this happened, and it be like, girl, what? Tell me yes, more. Yes, tell me tell more. Me about it and what can we do to keep it going? So, yeah, I like, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to say that I have empathic tendencies. And I have to check that sometimes when it's not a good thing. But, yeah. you know, when it's great, I'm like, let's let's jump in this. Yeah. yeah. Who gave you the audacity to think that you could start a private practice? Okay. So um, I mentioned Shakibra. Uh, Shakibra and I were uh, cohorts in the graduate program where we're getting our master's and the idea was to have a private practice and we were going to run it together but uh, our paths just went different ways Uh, she decided she wrote a book and she wanted to do more of a nonprofit type of organization it was more social work based and less clinical in Mississippi and I decided to continue on the clinical path because originally we were like, we're just going to open this big practice in Memphis and then we're going to have it all over the country. Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen that way. She went her way and I continued on. And um, I was working for a company called Resources for Human Development. And they had locations all over the country. And one of the closest locations that I worked closely with was in Nashville. And um, a young lady there by the name of Anna, who is not a woman of color, I reached out to her because she had a private practice. And mm-hmm. I said, Anna, I want to I wanna do what you're doing, and, you know, I need some help. Can you point me in the right direction? And she just gave me all of these ideas about. She gave you the blueprint? Too? Yes, yes. She gave me a blueprint. 
Okay. I like to say a blueprint. Okay. You know, she because she was very clear. You know, you're in Memphis, um, so it's gonna look different. The insurance companies that that we have here, you you know, this is what you need to do to find out who to panel with there, and um, so it was a sketch, mm-hmm. and I had to make my blueprint for Memphis, but she, I didn't do it on my own. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Are you full time? Yeah. I just wanted to ask you that out loud so you can answer. So, so I can say, guess what I called? It was like, I think I'm ready to do this full time. What you think? My new social media friend. I was like, hey, can I be your friend? Can you please tell me some stuff? I want to learn from you. And if I know anything, I want to tell you. Yes. I um enjoy full time. It took me a while to figure out what my schedule should be and should look like. Uh, Cause sometimes I worked too much, and then other times I didn't work enough, so I had to find a, a sweet spot for myself. Mm-hmm. Have you figured out what works for you? I'm gonna say yes. My husband would probably say no. And we should ask him. <laughs> well, because I've I've been working since I was 14. Um, my grandmother used to have a club on Beale Street, and so in high school I was at work. You know, after a game on the weekends, because that's when Bill Street was popping, Mm -hmm. I would be down there working. I was a hostess, and then I did other things. I've always worked and went to school. And if I wasn't working and going to school, I was working two jobs. And then I was working and then had two jobs and then picked up another job. I know that life. Yeah, and it's it's been hard to turn off for me. and I don't even really think that I, I want to. I'm, I've slowed down a lot. You know, I don't do two jobs anymore. I'm full-time at my practice. So my schedule really looks like um, I see clients pretty much all day. Um, but it's not to the, to the point of, like, where you work for someone else and I feel like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. I got to see clients all day. Oh, they canceled. I got to fill in this spot. You're like, I get to see clients. Yes, and I get to see who I want to see and they want to see me. Mm-hmm. And if they cancel, it's okay. Because you've got another plan. You could take a nap. You can make a, a TikTok. You could do some other stuff. And my office is right near all the best food places. Really? Oh, yeah. I got Chick-fil-A, like, right there. Soulfish right there. I got Sprouts if I ever decide to be healthy. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. For a banana or something before you go on a ride. Sometimes I (laughs) trick myself. I walked down here to get this fish, and I walked back, so it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's wonderful. And I do still see clients on Saturdays. Why? Why? So when I first started my practice, I told you I've always worked. When mm-hmm. I started my practice, I only saw clients on Saturdays. Okay. And then um, I built it more as a group practice, so I have some therapists that work under me. I do licensure supervision and that type of thing. But I've got, like, some Saturday people that, like, please don't take it away. And I'm like, you know what? I'm Okay. Because I don't do it all day. Okay. It's a half a day. Um, they're, they're my dedicated people. These are my people. Some of those people that I see on Saturdays, I have seen them off and on the entirety of my practice. And mm. they're like my maintenance people, right? Mm-hmm. I see them two or three times a year. But 
you know, it's not every Saturday. It's not all day Saturday. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what advice would you give to somebody who is, like, maybe working in community mental health or working at an agency and feel like they want to try private practice? Um, I would first tell them to hang in there unless you're being disrespected. Um, I think that uh, there's a lot of focus on don't do community mental health because it's terrible, but you learn so much at community mental health. Right. You're forced to see, you don't get to choose your clients. So you're going to get everything and you'll learn what your niche is that way. Mm-hmm. Um, stay in that unless you're being disrespected, which can be tough. Mm-hmm. But as you're doing that and you think that you want to do private practice, find someone that's already in it that will allow you to kind of step into their door and get some of that experience. Um, most of the girls, young ladies that work for me, are uh, they work other jobs. Okay. A couple of them were like, "Well, I just want to do. I just want to do this and see if I like it." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm not here to hold anybody hostage. Come here, learn. You know, see clients. Let's talk about what it looks like on a clinical level, and let me show you on what it looks like on this end because it's not just sitting and seeing clients all day. If you're going to run your own practice, it's a lot of work. It is. It's a lot of heartbreak. It's a lot of learning. It's a lot of loss of money sometimes." Mm Mm-hmm. So um, I would just say put your foot in both doors and get as much experience as you can before you decide that's what I want to do because it looks good until you step in there. And then it's like, well, wait a minute. Is this what I really want? What um, goes through your mind when a younger version of you comes in and sits on your couch? Wait, <laughs> a younger version of me. You know, like you're like or personally. Um, either way, like you know, you're sitting there. You're like, ah, that's Narisha when she was 25. <laughs> <laughs> My first thought is, oh, do I need to tell her to run or get it together? Um, and then the second thought is, okay, now. We can't have any uh, counter-transference going on up in here. If you're not going to be able to see this person for who they are and remove, mm-hmm. then I need to be trying to let this person see someone else. But, you know, you we're human, so you're going to see people that you have some um, identities with. Right. And um, I share that sometimes. If it's going to be beneficial for the client, uh-huh. I share. I'm like, hey, listen – what I'm trying to show you and give you a different perspective of is not just uh, professional. I will say to them, I have some personal experience with this. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to get into a whole big detailed discussion about it because the session is not about me. Right. But I want you to hear me when I say, if I use the words, I understand where you're coming from, I truly mean I understand that and not just from a professional sense. I won't ever say that if I don't if I can't understand it because I've seen it and lived it, because that does feel different. Right, right. I've had um, encounters with a couple of therapists who felt like they shouldn't share anything. They That, you know, I'm just here to help you, like zero Mm self-disclosure. What are your thoughts about that? 
Um, I think that, no slight to anyone, but I think that's that old school thing that we were taught. Right. Right. Um, and I think that we are in an age where if we continue to keep ourselves so removed from the people that we're helping, it's, it has been and it is what continues to keep people from saying, I can reach out. Yeah, because you've you've drawn this this brick wall, um, and people don't know who you are. They don't respond to that sometimes. Now there are people who probably will respond to that if that's the type of therapist you're looking for. I can't. That's not you know. We're not gonna sit stone face. I'm not gonna ever not get emotional. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna make it about me, but I'm human, and you need to see that. And mm-hmm. my people tend to respond to that well. Same for me. Same mm-hmm. for me. Uh, they like the fact that they can see what it could possibly look like if they keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have an idea of what um, a different version of them, a more healed version of them, could possibly look like. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we do. Um, in some ways, we figure out blueprints that work Mm -hmm. and share them Mm -hmm. or at least try to help them figure out what works for them. But here are some examples Mm -hmm. of what it could look like when you get to the other side. Templates. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, So when I was doing my, um, one of my internships, I heard another therapist in another room laughing with some clients and I was like, oh, we can laugh. <laughs> <laughs> is she is she in there laughing with them? And um, another therapist, I heard them in the room praying mm-hmm. with a couple. And I was like, wait, you could pray with a couple? So I really like the version of therapists that have helped us understand that you get to be a human person. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I know people like about you is you like humor. How, what does that look like in your therapy sessions? A lot of times it's probably my face. (laughs) (laughs) My husband says my face is effed up, but (laughs) because I can't, I'm very expressive. And and I will tell my clients, like, if if you feel like my face looks judgy, please tell me. I Mm -hmm. swear I'm not judging you, but I'm not going to be, I just cannot. Well, how did you feel about that? Yeah. I ain't got it in me. I don't either. You know, it's, it's the cheerleader in me. My face is like, What? How did you feel about that? And you say something funny and do not tell me not to laugh because I'm goofy. So as soon as you say that, I'm already laughing. Yeah. And I'll tell them, you know, I'm it's it's about to happen. <laughs> and we laughing. I'm trying. <laughs> and then, you know, after they'll they'll say, Well you because I mean, we have had moments where it goes from they're crying and we are now laughing and it's like, okay. All right, I feel they got all of it out. And, and they're like, allowed to go through yeah. a range of emotions with the short period should. of time that they're with you. Yeah, as they should. And, and you know, it's. I don't think that some therapists understand that it is an exchange of energy. As much as we try for it not to be, 
It, it can't. Um, I read an article several years ago that said um, that there was research that 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 position that we emit eight feet of energy from ourselves. Mm-hmm. My office is probably about the size of this room. If I'm sitting with a client, I'm probably here and there on the other side of you a little bit. That's not eight feet. I'm catching some of that energy. Right. And it's my job to help, you know, maneuver some of that so that things don't get out of whack and all of that. But I'm not a robot. So I'm catching some of that, and I have to give something off. And, and we're in this closed space, so I'm laughing. Yeah. I'm, I've, I've cried um, recently, you know, on the phone with a client. Now, I've shared with you, like, the crying thing, I have to – because I'm a crybaby. Yeah. I'm ugly cry, and I will hysterical cry. So I No, have to, not hysterical. Me and the client might be sitting on the floor. <laughs> so I <laughs> Okay, you got me teary eye and I'm breathing. It's the left eye every time. Where it starts. Yeah, the right eye's strong, but the left one, I'd be like, <laughs> man, like that's that's that is tough. And when I'm telling you as a client that that's tough, I'm not just using the words. You see, that mm-hmm. is tough. I feel what you're feeling. I understand that that hurts. So, yeah, I'm I'm probably a bit much. So, that's good. That, because then you attract people who need you. Mm-hmm. You attract people who are assigned to your voice, mm-hmm. who need to feel your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had um, a session, a phone session with um, a client, and I cried probably just as much as they did on the phone. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did this. But then I was like, wait, girl, you human. You could cry. And then when I hung up, I was like, should I charge them? (laughs) (laughs) Because I just cried just as much as they did. (laughs) Should I? I don't know. I was so conflicted about whether or not I should click, you know, send invoice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but then I thought about my friend, um, Debbie, who um, she teaches people about, you know, grief, especially, you know, dealing with grief as a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, Debbie has clients who deal with grief all day long. So and she charges people. I'm sending the invoice. And surely she has shed a tear at some point. Of course. Yeah. She said, you know, if you're human, you can be human. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my client, that was the fast as they ever paid their invoice. I was like, oh, I could cry. I could laugh. <laughs> I could tell jokes. And I could cry oh, in therapy session. Jokes. My jokes are funny. All of my jokes are funny. I laugh at them even if nobody else oh, does. I'm, you know I'm going to laugh at me. <laughs> right? And sometimes it's dirty. Right? And I'm like, well, wait, you said it. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. But they, you know, that's that's getting people to a space of feeling like they can just be who they are. And that truly is a space of non-judgment. Mm-hmm. You know? My clients cuss in session and they'll ask me, can I cuss? Now, of course I have to draw some boundaries. I had a client. She, can I vape it? No, ma'am. Now you tripping. Right. You you're doing too vape. much. Don't come in here. You've been drinking. Don't you're doing too much now. <laughs> you're taking it too far. I'm going to need you to be sober. Yes. But she, 
you know, I think what happens though, therapists who don't do what we're talking about feel like that it's such a slippery slope that the boundaries will get crossed. Mm -hmm. But if you know how to set your boundaries, you set them. You know, we're we going to, therapy can be enjoyable, and it has to have some of that because it's going to be tough. Right. But my rules are still my rules, which you know on the front end. And if I have to remind you, I don't have a problem reminding you. Right. And if they respect you, they're going to be like, oh, my bad, right. my bad. I should have left this in the car. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I work with sex offenders, so I, I you got to know how to set boundaries. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um it was something else I was, oh, I read an article that said 80% of um, the therapeutic process is the relationship between the client and the therapist. 20% is like the, the, the psychotherapy stuff that we learn in school, mm -hmm. but 80% of it is how comfortable they feel with you. I would agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I forgot what my question was for saying that. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> That's one of my therapeutic words. Whoopsie. Yeah, whoopsie. Like, my bad. <laughs> Checked out. Sorry. I'm, I'm back. back. <laughs> I'm a master disassociator. It's one of my gifts. Um, Tell me, I remember when you said that you wanted to learn TikTok. And that you were like hesitant and scared and was like, what am I supposed to do? And now I'm That's like, all I, do. I need her to teach me. I need her to show me how to go back and forth through the screens and stuff. Because I have great ideas. I scroll and I'm like, ooh, I scroll and I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I put the phone down and I go and do something else like watch Law & Order. <laughs> so... <laughs> The funny thing about TikTok, I give credit where credit's due, okay? My husband deserves all the TikTok credit. Yay! Because I wasn't on no TikTok, mm -hmm. and we'd be laying in bed, or because we're not one of those couples where I'm like, we need to be doing exactly the same thing. He's He don't move that way. So if I'm on my phone and he's watching a movie, we're good in right. the same space. But he would be on his phone and hogging the TV, and I would just be, like, on Facebook or playing one of my match three games, and I'm like, what are you giggling at over there? What are you doing? And he's like, I'm looking at TikTok. What is TikTok? Let me see that. And then he would, he pranked me on TikTok twice. Yeah, girl. I thought you were the pranker. See? People, listen. I thought you were the pranker. When we get off of here, I'm going to show you what he did to me. Okay. And I was like, and so then I started getting on it. And I was like, well, I want to get him. And then when I wanted to learn about it, I was like, and he'll tell you, I'm one of these people, if I've made up my mind to do something, mm -hmm. it's happening. Once I decided that I wanted to learn how to do it, and I can't wait on, you know, I got my own trauma stuff. I can't wait on nobody to help me. So if I ask you and you don't move fast enough, I'm going to figure it out. So that's what I've been doing with TikTok. I, you know, my little niece, she wouldn't answer me fast enough. She So I Google and then I YouTube and I'm like, oh, I could do this. Or I watch someone else's videos and I'm like, mm, I could use that sound but this material, yeah, and then I just play around with it. And then now I get frustrated, old fuddy-duddy frustrated when they do updates because, like, they just did one. I was like, well, how am I supposed to edit the video now? <laughs> but I and I don't out. even know. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But yeah, it's, it's fun. And and I'm one of those people, you know, if you ask me, here, let me show you, let me tell you. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Whenever what kind ready of. ready to learn TikTok, let me know. Okay. <laughs> and we could do some. Yes. That would be so much fun. I love doing them. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of um, feedback have you gotten from people, like positive feedback? Um, on TikTok? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So, I was a little nervous about that. Uh, I can be very self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. And you know I'm vain. I done told you that. You say that, but I think you just give that, like, just in case somebody decides to think you're vain. But I really don't think you're vain. Girl, okay. Y'all have seen how many times I did this to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? I'm like you. Uh, I'll be a squirrel. What was my question? Sometimes. Oh, the comments. Oh, oh, okay. So um, my video that I posted today is what, Wednesday? Either Monday or Friday was the most popular video that I've posted thus far. Mm-hmm. So today it has over 10,000 views and over 2,000 likes. But that's big to me. Yay, that's huge. Because I was getting like, you know, 10 views here. I'll be excited when I get to 57. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have yes. some balloons here soon. Yes. I was like, <laughs> oh, stop the press. But I was nervous because I watch so many other people's TikToks, and I look, I look in comments because uh-huh. I be like, the comments be funny. I or, love being in the comments unless they're mean. That was it, though. I'm like, oh my gosh, there are some really mean people, and words are big to me. Words live in my head, and I'm like, what am I gonna do when people start saying mean things? So this particular video has gotten bigger than I even. This is not even my favorite video. That's a whole nother subject. Okay. But, you know, they've been so like, oh, my God, um, this is me. Or I love the funny ones. Like, girl, why you telling my business? Or you you up in my house? Or I didn't come here to be read for filth. And it's just like I giggle, but it's like, and I, I, I'm not big yet, right? Yeah. I'm going to say yet. So I take time to read every comment, and I try to like every comment, and I try to respond with something. Now I know that um, at some point when things start to get mean, I'm going to have to stop because those words live in my head. Okay. I've had a couple of people. So that's you taking care of you. Yes, yes. I've already had a couple of people who are just like, you know, just passive aggressive meanness, and I've either deleted it or I left it there so other people can see what type of person you are and that I'm not going to respond to it. Mm. So. Okay. What's one of your favorite comments that you've gotten so far? Man. I think just when people say, I love this. Mm-hmm. I, you know, because it's big, but it's small. Like, what... You could love this and be like, you love all of it, or you love these pieces of it, but just the word love is a strong word to me. Mm. So when they say I love this, I'm like, yay, you know. Um, But I will say a a comment that stuck out to me, um, a young lady said, um, she said, oh, you're going to go viral from this. I like the comment because the first thought that came to me was what I responded and was as long as it reaches the people who need to see it, I'm good with that. Like, I don't, I really don't think, I couldn't handle what celebrities go through. I don't think that that's something that I could handle. It, the 
the judgment, the, you know, people, we like to say what people should and shouldn't do, not understanding the circumstances that these people are actually having to live in and you right. never having privacy in. And especially as women, they tear women to pieces. They tear black women to pieces also. You could be walking on water. And I've had, you know, subtle things happen like that, like with my yoga videos. Oh, well, you know, why she wearing this or her hair? And it's like, dude, I'm 40 with two kids, and I just started yoga, and I'm standing on my head, and you talking to me about what I got on? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> at, at one point, because um, I'm I'm certified like 200 hour yoga teacher certified. I did that because I when I found yoga, it made me feel so good about being yes. in my body, mm-hmm. and I ended up. It was on my bucket list to take yoga teacher training in like 2015, 2016. It was on my list of things to do, and I didn't get a chance to do it until last year, um, and that was. Because, no, I think it was year before last now. That was because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we had to post videos of ourselves on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And I got, I got so many comments from people that I was not comfortable with posting. I had really slowed down on posting because of so many of the um freaky deaky comments that I got yeah. they were such a turn off and then when I started hearing it from people that was close to me like saying uh I, yeah I saw your print the other day what that was not the purpose or the intent of this video it was not so that I can show you my print and so just, now I'm just like oh. saying that but you know what you know what I've had to learn too is that um when you are an attractive woman or when you have lots of stuff going on. I got a lot of stuff. You got a lot of stuff going on, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you could be wearing a muumuu. Correct. And a man or a woman. Correct. They're going to say what they're going to say. And you covering up or not being free with who you are is letting them take that from you. Mm-hmm. Like. I know people say things, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. As long as my husband cool with it. Mm-hmm. He okay. said, go on, do your thing. We got Sometimes you. Sometimes he'll be like, I, and I'll be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and that has taken some growth. I haven't, I, I think, I don't think I've, this is the most comfortable I've ever been with my body in my whole life, and I'm still not where I want to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can't let nobody take me back to a space where I was wearing baggy clothes and, you know, oh, my God, don't look at me. And you could look, you could probably say whatever you want to say, but you better not say it to me. Or you you might say it and, and I might act like you didn't even exist because I'm good at that. Oh, I'm great at that, too. Yeah. I'm great I at it. Who? I ain't never met that person. If I don't fool with you no more, you might as well rip up your birth certificate because you actually (laughs) don't exist in life. (laughs) And you hate to have to be that way, but it's like if you you felt good enough to be disrespectful in that way, you know, and Mm -hmm. I get it. Some people, 
this probably is a whole nother conversation, but I've heard men say things like, well, you know, she, you got it out there, or, or just not even just talking about me, but other women. And yeah, okay, but that doesn't mean that you have to say something. You right. don't have to always act on your impulses. We have a higher cognitive level of thinking and judgment for a reason. Yeah. So, and it's some creepy people out there. Yeah, but you need to listen, Miss Certified. Do I got them all in my phone? I just, I after a while, I, I just need to see them. I stopped Cause I posting you. them because I got tired of the creepies, and I yeah, it was getting to be too much. It was getting to be overwhelming well, for you, me. You ready to post them back? Text me, okay? Because I'm gonna be right there. Okay. Because I also I love to watch other people's yoga videos to help me. Think about different poses that I want to learn. Mm-hmm. Like the things that I'm doing now is other people's stuff that I watch. And I'm like, oh, that's not in the practice that I normally follow. How can I get my body comfortable enough to start doing that? There's a girl on Instagram. That girl is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I probably will never be as flexible as her. But you ain't going to tell me I ain't going to try for about six months to see if I can get halfway yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was on my list to learn how to do headstands, but I did it one time and then I scratched my back because I fell over on a dresser thinking that if I was between the bed and the dresser, it would help. But that wasn't really a good plan. Don't stop. <laughs> Latoya, the first, and I posted it. Then I tried again <laughs> after I saw you do it one day. I was like, let me keep on practicing. Yes. And when I tell you my back muscles were aching for three or four days, I said, and Arisha got me messed up. I ain't doing this shit no more. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on doing my pigeon poses and the other stuff that you I'm doing. You got to keep doing it. The first time I did it, I bust my ass as well. I fell backwards. One leg hit the dresser. One leg hit the bed. My whole back was hurt. <laughs> right? That's the part that people don't see. Yes. But I told people. I went to Facebook. And I was like, let me tell y'all how I just bust my ass. But I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep trying because I really wanted to do it. Um, but, yeah, those back muscles, like, I like my back now because it looks sexy. Yeah, you do like have a it. sexy back. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, Yeah, you yeah. do have a sexy back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what is self-care for you these days? Like, what does self-care look like for you? Oh, um, breathing. Um, anxiety has been a problem for me. Probably since childhood, I have I, I have some significant childhood trauma, um, and because of that, anxiety and issues of self-image have been big. Um, and I had to, when I learned how to do mindfulness, and then learning yoga, and I learned how to breathe. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, because I will catch myself, and I'm literally not breathing. Holding your breath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And don't, don't even realize I'm holding my breath. So breathing, um, I stop and take breaks, because, you know, I told you I'm a workhorse, two, three jobs, or working and going to school. I will stop and take a break, even if I'm doing nothing but picking up my phone and playing a couple of rounds on my match three game. I listen to audio books all day long. If I'm not in a session or doing something. All day. Yeah, I had to. When people say that they have to cut a cost, I was spending money on audio books like people buy shoes. So, I can't say nothing. <laughs> so I had I'm to. a book addict. <laughs> I'm That's an my addict. That's self-care. That and um, I love music. 
you know, if, if people saw our wedding story, everybody had a song attached to them. I'm a music person. Um, I like to uh, research things about serial killers. Um, mm. I <laughs> I'm going to pray for Mr. Futrell. Like, pray that you're good. He already know this time is the last time, and I ain't never been arrested, so I could probably get diversions. Right. I got bail money, too, just in case. I I keep people with bail money. (laughs) Yes. Um, I got so much self-care, though. I cycle through Shelby Farms. I do yoga every morning. My son, um, he's back at home now. He's going to University of Memphis. He's a part of my self-care because every evening when he's not at work and I hadn't fallen asleep, we watch television together. Really? Yeah. That's so sweet. Every evening. That means he likes you. He does. And my (laughs) daughter likes me sometimes. Because she she goes to uh, school right across the street from my office, so I have to take her to school. And in the evenings, we ride home together. She's a teenage girl, though, so depending on her mood. Mm -hmm. But I just... um, I love talking to her. She's like... You learn a lot of things man, from them. Man, because she's so... she. I admire my daughter to be her age and to be as strong-minded and intelligent as she is. And she, she knows what she likes. She knows what she don't like. She ain't got no problem telling you. And nobody's going to convince her. Because I, I need... Me neither. I don't know nothing. All this doctor degree means nothing. I tell her something, she got to look it up. But I don't get mad at that. Fine. Because mm-hmm. what, what my grandma did with me was, I asked her something. She said, go, go. did you look it up on the encyclopedia? Because we had the Encyclopedia Britannica over the fireplace. Y'all had the whole thing? Yeah, my grandma wasn't playing. Your grandma was rich? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, so I would have stayed over your house. Like, can I go over and reach your house? They got the encyclopedias. Well, my grandmother worked for EEOC uh, all of my life. So, yeah, she was big on, you know, knowing your rights and having education and knowing how to find information out. Um, when I say, like, I'm cultured in that way, my mm-hmm. grandmother sang opera. My uncle, who was her son, was a musician in France. Oh, um, wow. Both of his wife, wives. Before he died, they were French. I mean, we watched The Wizard of Oz. I, I watched black and white movies on TCM. I didn't see The Wiz until I was 24, 25. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Wow. Now, my mama, a different story. My mama, she a real city girl. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I got it all the way <laughs> But I appreciate, like, all of that, you know. Um, yeah. We just went completely off rails. Self-care, all of that. I oh, do yeah. get my nails and stuff done now. I mm-hmm. never did that up until a few years ago. But now I do it. Um, I take care of my own hair for the most part, but my loctician, shout out to Latrice with Chakra Locks. Um, I love going to see her. Mm. I don't, I'm not one of those people, like, even if she made me mad, I'd be like, I'm not talking to you for a while, but you're going to do my hair because you good and I love you. And it's the relationship. Yeah. It's the ship. Yes. And she takes care of me. So, you know, taking care of my hair is still, and I take naps. Mm. 
Naps are important. Very. I can do 15-minute naps. I know a lot of people can't do that. But if I got a 45-minute session, lights down, give me 15 minutes, and I, I'm ready to go. Mm, I don't know that I could. I could do 20. I don't know that I could do 15. Because I need to lay on my stomach for a few minutes. 15 minutes ain't enough. I, I need at I least five on minutes. I my stomach at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd be like... <laughs> This. <laughs> I need the 15, and I'm a, a open mouth sleeper, too. So I'm wake up and it's like, hey, hi, how have things been? What's going on, girl? <laughs> oh, my goodness. This has been such a great conversation. Yes. Um, I had another question I was going to ask you, but I can't remember. It's just so many things that we could talk about to help Therapists of color get comfortable with being who they are and how they are. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I know. I took a class. Um, I've been doing brain spotting. Have you done brain spotting no. yet? No. I have been interested, but I have never just tapped into it. I will send you the information because I think she has a couple of sessions coming up with um, Tracy Manoy. I think that's how you say her last name. Uh, she's in Atlanta, and she is the mother of color of brain spotting. She's the first black female internationally to be um, brain spot uh, certified in brain spotting. Okay. We call her auntie. <laughs> <laughs> that's fitting. Yes, we call her auntie. And we did a... Um, an exercise in the last brain spotting uh, class that I took that talked about intersectionality. Mm -hmm. And we had to tell people who we are and using like different parts of who you are. Like I'm, I'm a female, um, I'm cisgendered, I'm black, I'm a mom, I'm uh, neurodivergent. Um, just whatever else it is that you can come up with, like a mom of a teenager, a mom of a 20-something-year-old, um, all the things that make you you. Mm -hmm. And the gift from that is you get to see how we intersect with each other mm -hmm. and you aren't as likely to put yourself or somebody else in a box. Mm. And when you were telling me about all the things that make you multifaceted, that's what I was thinking about. Okay. Which means that you attract several different kinds of clients, several different yes. types of clients, because they can relate to you and they can instantly connect with you in one way or another because mm -hmm. you get them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was the nerd in school. I was the one that had like seven books in my backpack and I'm like, why y'all don't have no backpack? <laughs> what is this about? <laughs> You're in the homework? Yeah. That don't make sense to me. <laughs> um, I was also in ROTC, so I was the nerd that could shoot really good. And it was dangerous. I was. <laughs> I was. My nickname in high school was Killer. <laughs> Okay. K I L L A. <laughs> In my um, what is it? My yearbook. I had several people that said like left notes for killer, and it was because I was not one of the popular girls. I was just mm -hmm. one of the smart girls, and I realized because I went to a school in the hood that if I made friends with different groups of people by 
offering them something like help with their homework or a copy off of my paper, <laughs> then I was creating loyalty with them. Yes. So I can walk home and ain't nobody going to mess with me. Right, right Or I right. can get on the bus and ain't nobody going to try to, you know, fight me or whatever. Yeah. So they'd be like, no, 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 not her. <laughs> right. Leave her alone. Right. So I learned early how to build alliances with people. That's interesting. But there was some people that would be like, oh, she killed me. Oh, she thinks she's so smart. Ugh, I and can't stand her. It. Yeah. Oh, I can't stand her. And I said, I know I'm just sick of killing heifers because they would say it where I could hear it. Yeah. But I'm not going to address you because I don't want to fight. But I do have a rifle. So I don't want to, like, have to use it. <laughs> I'm glad you did it. I'm so glad I don't want to have to use it. And I joined the military in the 11th grade. So wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I joined, I went to basic training the summer after 11th grade. Then I came back and finished 12th grade. And then after 12th grade, before I went to college that summer, I went to uh, AIT. Okay. Um, my plan was to be a dentist. But then I got to college and I was like, ooh. I don't want to play in people's mouths. No, I was like, math and science? <laughs> right. <laughs> No. <laughs> After failing like three times, I said, you know what? Let me switch this to something else. Yeah. Um, but I had plans on being a dentist because I had extensive dental work in high school. And the way my self-confidence increased just from my overbite and braces. Oh, my gosh. Don't even go there. Because I had to learn how to check to get people off me. Oh, I went to Meros and we. I went to Northside. Oh, look, y'all, y'all break that book one time. I was a cheerleader. <laughs> but check it up. And then I got like tic tac size teeth. So I had braces. But you couldn't see my teeth because my teeth are so little. So yeah. But I, I was like, I, I resonate with that. Like, I, it's so weird. When I talk to my kids about our friend group, we were not that breakfast club type thing where this person is the nerd and this person is the thug. Our group was all of that. We were the top in the class. We were the cheerleaders and the football players. My husband went to school with me. Mm-hmm. He was in ROTC. Um, we we dabbled in the devil's lettuce. Mm-hmm. We did all those <laughs> things. And it's like, how you make straight A's and you go to football games and you still smoke weed and you... You know, you just push through, you just figure it out. Because I know I can't stay here at this house any longer than I need to because I want to be grown. Yeah. And my mama would not let me be grown. So I had to have a plan to get out. We got to figure it out. But yeah. And then I, you, extensive dental work. Like I wore braces in high school. I got them off my, the second semester, I think, in college. Um, And I lost my retainer. And then I was no longer under my my grandmother's insurance. So I wasn't wearing a retainer, and my teeth shifted. Of course. And I had to get braces again. As so an me, adult? Or, yeah. yeah. So me and my son wore braces together. Yeah. That was a whole adventure. But. At one point, we had three people in our house with braces for the same thing. <laughs> I had them a second time also. And I, I still should probably do better with my retainer. 
I'm going to do better. Good. Yeah. My <laughs> my dentist friends would be very proud of you for wearing your retainer. I'm sure. I know they don't need my money because they make good money. So <laughs> I'm going to wear my retainer. Because, you know, what my dentist told me I, that um, I really need to because um, I didn't I forgot how he worded it, but basically I really cannot get them again. My teeth are not strong enough oh, wow. to handle that movement again. Yeah. And um, I mentioned that I had anxiety really, really bad. Um, and at one point, um, this was pre-pandemic, uh, I had a lot of stuff going on, and my anxiety had gotten so bad, I was grinding my teeth at night and not wearing my retainer. Mm-hmm. And I broke, like, several of my teeth at the bottom. So mm-hmm. that had to get fixed. So... But I can't imagine wanting to play in anybody's mouth, Montoya. It was, that didn't bother me. That didn't bother me. Because when I went to Iraq, I mean, I was still a dental assistant in the military. I went to Iraq in 2004. Yes. Mm -hmm. I I slept in a tent. I lived in a tent. And I worked in a tent. And both of those tents, we put those tents up. You're so girly. I can't even imagine. Yes. Yes. If somebody told me I had to go live in a tent, I would, I'm so dramatic. I probably, I just died. <laughs> I was like, hmm. <laughs> no, you didn't. Listen to my toy in Iraq. Hmm. How are we going to figure this out? <laughs> I used to call home and ask uh, people to flush the toilet for me so I could hear the toilet flush. Because we didn't hear the toilet flush and we didn't hear babies. Because oh, wow. there were no kids over there. And when I got over there, we were still using porta potties and like the mash tents where they turn it around to say ladies or men when you taking turns going in the shower tent. It got better um, before I left. But yeah. And so um, when I was there, <clears throat> some of the soldiers that came in were such babies. They were such babies, especially the ones that were a part of the units where they had no name tags and they out in the field for days and weeks at a time. And then they sit in the chair because they have a cavity or some kind of pain. And I got to hold their hand. I was like, you said you'd be doing what now? And they would just be like, your voice is just so soothing. I'm so glad you're here. Some people would not see the dentist unless I was there. Wow. We we need her. Or they would come in and I had nice teeth. So they'd be like, yeah, give us what she got. You do no. have beautiful teeth. Thank you. <laughs> it costs a lot of money. <laughs> but, it's yeah, like, no, you're not getting that while you're here. You're just getting the cavity filled or tooth pulled. <laughs> and you need to floss. <laughs> and you need to floss. <laughs> you ain't got no toilet, but you need to floss. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a floss addict. Um, so what, do you have anything, any projects or anything coming up? Anything that you plan on putting together or working on? Um, no, not, not really. I mean, I, right now I'm enjoying, you know, doing the TikToks and getting that information out that way. Um, I do focus some on my uh, YouTube channel. So, um, 
my videos that I do for TikTok, I share them on YouTube, but I also do like just small snippets where I talk about different topics and place those on my YouTube channel. And then I interview different people from time to time from the community. Um, so, and it's that, that is not even like, Oh, I want this type of person. I love talking to people, even though I do it all day long Mm -hmm. or people talk to me all day. I love talking to people and hearing their stories. So, um, I do interviews on my YouTube channel and I post them and it always leads some type of way into mental health. But of course, because everything is about mental wellness. Yes. Yes. Everything. Yes. Illnesses, good stuff, bad stuff, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the purpose of your YouTube channel? Like, what made you say, I need to put this out there? Um, so I thought, you know, I would like to be a vlogger, right? But vlogging is not what it was when it was vlogging, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. People are not going now to your website to listen to you talk about things people either go to social media and that's about it if they listen to someone's interview or something they're going to a podcast station or right they're going to youtube so i was like well i still want to be a vlogger so because i'm gonna do what i want to do i'm gonna be a vlogger but i'm gonna do it on youtube I'm going to make videos where I promote mental health and sometimes my yoga, but I'm going to talk about things that are important to me and to mental health and give people who want to tell their story a platform. Mm. You know, there are people that want to talk, but they don't want to, they don't want to be on something consistently. Mm -hmm. They just want to do it. And the best thing that I've experienced is every single person that I've interviewed at the end, they were like, man, that was so fun, and you made it so comfortable, and it was just like we were talking, and I, I wouldn't mind coming back. And I'm like, I want you to come back. Like, yeah. It, it feels good, like, you're just talking and yeah. telling your story and your opinion about things and not being interrupted or having someone being argumentative with you. Like, that's really huge for me. I, even if I don't agree with what some person is saying, we can talk about it without it being an argumentative, angry conflict. Right. So, but yeah, yeah. Your favorite slightly hood Yay, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I love it. Um, where can people find you? Uh, I'm kind of everywhere, except for Twitter. I can't get into Twitter. I can't either. I cannot. I've tried. I just, I can't. Yeah. So I'm on YouTube, uh, your favorite slightly hood therapist. Um, I'm on Facebook and TikTok under my practice name. That's Gihan Counseling. Um, I think the Instagram is under Gihan Counseling as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everywhere is Gihan Counseling except for YouTube, and that is your favorite slightly hood therapist. Okay. All right. So if somebody is interested in coming to see you for therapy, they can go to. So (laughs) they can go to the Facebook page um, and message me. They can call the office 901-443-8895. They can go to the website uh, www.gihoncounselingsolutions.com. I'm on Psychology Today. They can find me there. Um, yeah, email us, 
you know, we answer swiftly via email. Sometimes, y'all, please don't get mad if you call it and you can't get somebody on the phone because we probably in sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the lady who answers my phone, sometimes she be doing stuff. But I promise if you leave a message, we call you back. If you email, you're going to get a response within 30 minutes. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because I, um, I got anxiety. I got some ADHD tendencies. Got some OCD. I got some OCD. Yay for so OCD! I see all them unanswered uh, emails, and I be like, let me answer these real quick. <laughs> so you gotta get a response. So you don't have any notifications on your cell phone, like unanswered text I, messages. I, I, I don't do that. Okay. Uh uh-uh. uh. And because if it sit there too long, I got to I got to click that notification off. Same for me. I can't. Same for me. It the seeing a number stresses me out. Yes. Or and I'll tell somebody, hey, I saw your message and I accidentally clicked on it because I if I forget to answer back, hey, hit me back again within you know the day if I hadn't responded to you because I accidentally opened this because I don't like to open stuff unless I can go ahead and answer. And then it stresses me out if I don't go ahead and open it, but I can't respond to it right now because I know I'm gonna forget. <sighs> the brain. I feel you. I it's feel like you. spaghetti with all the sauce. But if you look at uh, his phone um, or my daughter's phone, they will have 272 unanswered text messages. And I have to way. just turn it over so I don't look at it. My daughter's the same way. I'll be like, why don't you answer your friends? <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. Yay, good. This has been a wonderful episode of the Bougie Black Therapist podcast. Hopefully you have heard something or learned something that has resonated with you. Um, We'd like to know in the comments. Um, You can like, share, and subscribe. You can find me, Montoya McGowan, at stoppingthechase.com. Um, you can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram. On Instagram, I'm Miss Millie Rock. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you can also find me on Bougie Black Therapist. And until next time.